Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. We welcome you inside Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live here in New York City. It's a Tuesday, December 20th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing Feeling well. very festive. Well. Yeah. Working my contacts right now. The goal is by the end of the season, a Jamie Erdahl sit down with one Taylor Swift. My contacts are very deep. It's the publicist for Blake Shelton and nobody else. That's how it goes. That might be all you need. That might be all we need. Come on. And we're going to try to make this happen. Um, for the viewers who, are, who might not know, Jamie, you are a huge Swifty, a diehard fan, an authentic fan, not yep. just a Johnny-come-lately. Mm. Yep. And that is my one gift and dream for you for Christmas. I'm so touched and honored that you used your Christmas wish list for mm. me yeah. for that. Do you guys also understand, though, that if I do accomplish this as a career goal, I will be leaving the show? Like, it's just, that's, that's it. Walk-off. Like, that's, that's a walk-off it. moment. You're gonna like, retire. I'm going to submit it, like, to the Emmy reel as a feature, and I'll be like... She gone because right. we're gonna become friends. Yeah. And I'm just gonna hang with her I all understand. the time. Wow! Right. All right, we're gonna be lean and mean. We're gonna miss you then. I, I know. I'd miss you guys too. So yeah. I know, right? Yeah. That's a it's tough uh, time for early block. <laughs> it is. It's hard. It's hard to search because uh, no one would want to beat you at Papa Shot any worse than I do. Uh, let's go back to uh, fine. Okay, let's relive this play. Patriots Raiders. You know, it's just how they drew it up. Ramondre to Jacoby. To McCorkle, nope, it's to Chandler Jones because Jacoby Myers lost his mind, I think is what we're, everyone tried to take responsibility for this, but the end end result is Raiders scored on a walk-up. The game was tied. They weren't down. This was no desperation attempt. It just was an absolute fluke of a play that no one ever saw coming, and now it's an angry run, and it's just, it's everything. (laughs) Mac Jones fulfilled his radio obligation in Boston yesterday, and on WEI, he was asked about what was said before everything fell apart. 
it's a situation where everyone needs to be on the same page, regardless of what you do, right? And um, but we're not saying, hey, if you get tackled, lateral it, like you know. Is it- yeah, I think that's definitely a Coach Belichick question. I mean, this is you have a plan, right, for the play. You, you go execute it, and then you know we got to watch the film and, and look at it, and that's what we did. And there's different things you could do in that situation, and. I know that we wanted to try and get it to overtime um, and try and make it work, but at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for the team and trying to win. Obviously, it was the play didn't turn out anywhere close to the way we wanted it to, so I'll just leave it at that. Well, they have the interview game plan down, which is if you don't want to answer the question, say you have to ask Bill Belichick about that. So they did. Week 15 didn't go as planned for the Patriots, and that means New England is 500. They are still in the lurking column, but it feels like an uncomfortable position for them to be in because it doesn't get any easier. Their final three games come against the Bengals, the Dolphins, and then in Buffalo against the Bills to close the season. Wow, that's challenging. That's a hard three-week stretch. Um, Is that all she wrote for the 2022 Patriots? It's a wrap. So we started this show in the 7 o'clock hour, and we talked about the Green Bay Packers, and we talked about Aaron Rodgers and their playoff hopes. And Kyle said with Aaron Rodgers, if he's not mathematically Mm -hmm. eliminated, there's no way I'm putting him out of the race. Now we're going to go on to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. If they're not mathematically eliminated, can I say on good faith, all right, the Patriots are done, stick a fork in them, they're now planning for the next season. No, I'm not going to do that. If they have a chance mathematically, I'm going to be a homer here. I play for the organization. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer. I'm going to say, yes, they still have a chance. They have one of the better defenses in the NFL. They've scored six non-offensive touchdowns, which gives them a chance. And Ramondre Stevenson has been really good. So I'm going to say, are the chances high? Mm, I don't know about that. But they're still in the race. Seven and seven. You saw that. They're at the top of the lurking column. So they're still there. Jay, you didn't you didn't pick them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. It was no. impressive. Your brother plays for the no. team. You said I don't think they're gonna make it. Now you still think they might? You, 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 I, I, I said they're not mathematically eliminated. Mm-hmm. Will they make the playoffs? Doubt it. Doubt it. Yep. And the reason I doubt it is because how we started this segment. We saw that play that happened versus versus the Raiders. And we've seen so many plays this season that have been uncharacteristic. We watch them on Thanksgiving against the Minnesota Vikings. We see them give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. We see them uh, on a punt where they hit the punter and give the ball back to Minnesota, and then they go down there and score. So, yes, they still have a chance, but it's for this New England Patriots team. They just don't look like a New England Patriots team. So many different mistakes, a punt block in this game. So you couple that with the lateral play. It just looks like a kind of a disaster happening all at once. I am, as I pass the baton, I am more intrigued to see what they do in the offseason with the coaching staff, with the offense. I think Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are two really good football coaches, and they're still going to be on the staff. But at what role? Do they bring in an offensive coordinator? Where do they place the blame? Because in New England, the one thing you know is each and every year, the goal is to win a championship. When that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen, something has to change. It's not just like, Oh, we didn't do it. Like, let's just see what happens yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah, run it like, back. There has to be changes and figure out what went right. wrong. Do you do you think Robert Kraft, who is used to all these Lombardies and is used to all these players, do you think he likes being a middling franchise? Like, no. What, so, what would change? I mean, I don't know. 
this right here, are they, is that all she wrote? Probably. Like, I don't know, but I'm asking you as the guy whose brother plays for them and obviously has all the institutional knowledge. How's Kraft doing right now, you think? Is he, is he fuming or is he just like upset? Like where, where's the owner in the situation? Because I know how much he loves and so competitive. He loves winning. Disappointed. I think for RKK, like, he, like you said, there, I've played in some organizations where the owner's kind of a little bit further removed, loves the team, blah, blah, blah. Kraft is in it. Like Kraft will be in the squad meeting sometimes. He loves this team. So very disappointed right now. And he's going to expect changes. What those changes are, I have no idea. We can all speculate. You have a guy like Gerard Mayo who's been on the staff. How do you keep him? He's had head coaches interviews for the last few years. How do you keep him there? The defense has played really well. I can assume he's going to be wanted this offseason mm-hmm. as well. There's so many question marks on the offense. Does Kraft go to Bill and just like, hey, like, what's going on? Mac had this great rookie year, and now he's regressed after McDaniels leaves, and Patricia and Judge have been r- running the offense. So I think for RKK, it's going to be like, hey, we need answers because I want to win now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to build for the next five, six years. The, the massive expanded view of what happens if this goes terribly is fascinating. Right now, in the meantime, like, their offense is so bad and so flat and so weird and so dysfunctional. Mac looks miserable in his body language. He looks like ornery and prickly and completely ineffective. Like th- that game was terrible. I, I know that they made some plays and the defense sort of hung in and they ran the ball. Ramondre this. Like, I love Matt Patricia as a guy. I don't know what's going on in that offense. They look completely on the opposite pages. So you try, we get get seduced by the logo. You see the Patriot and you see Belichick and you hit Kraft and you're like, oh, they're the Patriots. I don't know, are they? They're almost unrecognizable. I see a few players I recognize. And then you look at like, all right, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, and I'm going to sit here on a Tuesday morning and say, yeah, I think they can't. It's hard because we did it for the Packers. The schedule for the Packers is a little more supple, you know. <laughs> There's no meat on this bone here in this next three teams. There's three of the best teams in all of the league, and I'm watching a team that even if you take away the absurd lateral and take away the fake, the block punt, like, they were just bad. They're not giving me any reason to believe other than, well, I've always been a fan of the Patriots, and I don't think that's enough. They gave up 13 points in the final 40 seconds of that game to lose. That's not Patriots football. They lost to the Vikings on that Thanksgiving night. Like you said, they had a punt re- uh, kickoff return, and then they had obviously the roughing the punter you know Belichick is the big question he's 70 now is he going to be doing this forever does he want to be on an 8 and 8 team does he want to be on this mediocre team but I also look at the quarterback you said Mac took a step back I I think he's regressed immensely I don't I don't think that Mac necessarily has put his stamp on things and I look at the free agent quarterbacks that are going to be available this year and if you're Robert Kraft and you're in your 80s and you're Belichick and you're in your 70s and you've got, you know, some talent on this roster. Do not entertain saying, hey, one of these guys, look, Lamar's probably going back to Baltimore. I don't know about, hey, that top name, Tom Brady reunion. I know Bill Simmons has put that out there. I know that's been out there a lot. Like, is it not crazy to think Tom Brady would want one final chapter with New England and mm. that they would be able to open their hearts for him back? How about Jimmy? Would Jimmy coming back, you know, be an option? I just don't know if 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 Mac Jones is going to be the guy when you've got a 70-year-old coach and an 80-year-old mm-hmm. owner who want to win mm-hmm. now, if Mac Jones is getting him there, why not just make a big splash? Can I do one more thing next week? they got to win that game against Cincinnati. They're down 13-3 to at halftime. Do we put Bailey Zappi in? Like, put him in. Why, why not? Mac doesn't have it. you got you got to rally. you got to win now. Like, I think there's even more urgency before we get to the offseason with the quarterback. It's interesting. You know? I think, so when you're asking me, uh, you know, is it all she wrote? I don't see them necessarily rallying and beating this Bengals team that's red hot. Even if they do that, they've got to then beat the Bills and who mm-hmm. else? And, and the, the Dolphins. Miami. Yeah. Miami, Denver, Buffalo. Yeah. 
Is it all she wrote? I don't think the sentence ever really started for the Patriots this season. There is not one win mm. that I, on in my memory bank, that comes back where I'm like, oh, that game, that half, that really defined the no. Patriots this season. I don't get them. They're, they're very they Packers-like to me this season. They never made sense. They never put their stamp on it. I think a lot of people are responsible for that. It'll be very interesting to watch them over the next three weeks, three months, and what they do about that over the next mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Tell you what, you guys want to know how to make it pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. That's, that's real guts right there. Guts and heart all the way. Guys hurt, guys stepping up. And then T-Bass coming in to finish it all. Yeah. Playoff berth right there, huh? Man? You got a song for us, Ed? You got a song ready to go? Walk in the truck, take hey, over your hey, truck. Hey, team 03, one, two, three, three. Our next guest just clinched his fifth playoff berth in six season with the Buffalo Bills. One of our favorite guests on the show. Please give a warm welcome to Bills head coach, Sean McDermott. Let's go, Let's go coach. What's happening, How we Coach? Doing, guys? Hey, it's always great to have you on. Good. We're doing awesome now that you're here. Coach, I will say I've called two of, you, two of you guys games for the radio. You've won both of them. So whenever you guys want to host me, I'm more than welcome to come. Because <laughs> hey. it was an amazing atmosphere Saturday night in Buffalo. The fans, the snow, everything that was going on. Talk to us about what it's like to experience those games in that stadiums with fans like you guys have. Yeah, Jason, you know, I mean, you've played here and it's it's uh, it's special. It's unique in the NFL. And uh, we're just so fortunate to be able to play in front of our fans. You know, we get a lot of credit for for the culture that we have on our football team. But it really starts, I believe, with our fan base. Um, you know, it's snowing in that fourth quarter and, and nothing gets in our way. And, and, and I think our fans really personify that. And it's just a great, uh, great thing that we got going in, in Western New York. And if you haven't been to Buffalo to catch a game, I invite everyone to come. It's unbelievable. All four of us at the table, Coach, have been to different NFL atmospheres, and there is something truly unique, and it's, it's, we're not just saying it. There really is. It was a truly unique night the other night, too. It, it was just a great night for the Bills, for the fan base. You get the win, division rival, in the snow. You know, I remember, Coach, when you were 6-3 and three and you'd lost a couple, and Von Miller came out and said, we're good. We're 6-3. We're and three. Everyone just relax. You guys haven't lost since. How are you feeling generally as the head coach right now? Stretch run coming. How do you feel right now about the team and where you're at and where you're headed? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, we've, we've got good momentum. You know, it, I think really it's us focusing on uh, improving every week, us focusing on, on our level and performance, our quality of play. And, and that's really the only thing we can control. You know, we, we went up against a good Miami Dolphins football team, well coached. And uh, it was a great football game, and, and uh, we came out on top. I thought our execution down the stretch was extremely high, and that was good to see. It should be good for us moving forward. You know, Coach, we've become numb to some of the quarterback heroics around the league. Justin Herbert threw That's a true. seed on Sunday yeah. that we're not even talking about. Mahomes does things every week, and Josh Allen is in the conversation. Right before halftime, Josh threw a touchdown pass to James Cook as time was expiring, even though you guys had a timeout on the clock. Kyle had Josh Allen on his podcast yesterday, got his reaction to you saying that you'd flatten his tires if he didn't make the play. Take a listen. I wouldn't have blamed him. Again, that's not the smartest play in that situation, and I understand that. I get it. I get the – and I understand, like, the frustration and the angst and the feeling that he would have had, that I would have had, had we not completed that ball. 
I'm on the sidelines there, and he's on my sideline. He's rolling though, and I'm like, wait, you better throw that ball away or, 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 or get down and call a timeout. Nope, takes every last second, throws a touchdown pass. We've all been there. We were like, no, 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 yes. Yeah. What was your reaction from that play as it's one of the greatest touchdown passes that Allen has thrown this season? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think we're all glad uh, that it worked out uh, uh, for, the, for the Buffalo Bills right there. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew the situation. Josh was aware of the situation. And then um, that's one of those, like you said, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, my college coach used to say, hey, if you make a play, if you do something like that and it doesn't work out, then you better walk to the other sideline and just keep going, right? Don't even come back to the yep. sideline. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of the special moments in the game. And that's why Josh is who he is. And, and he'll learn from it big picture wise, but right there in that moment, he made a tremendous play. Well, we're glad he completed that touchdown pass. Had he not, he would have walked past the Dolphins sideline. He would have passed Mike McDaniel. He would have passed by Peter Schrager, who is the reporter on the Dolphins side, who was also gifted this shirt Uh-oh. by one Mike McDaniel before oh, the game. Okay. Peter brought it. <laughs> Peter brought it back to the studio. You referenced it that you the shirt that you saw in Mike McDaniel. What did you think of this message that the Dolphins head coach put out middle of the week as they were getting ready to go to Buffalo? No, I, you know what? I didn't really see it until the end of the week. And, um, you know, he was having fun, obviously, with his team and everything, with the situation that they were going to come into here in Buffalo. And um, I give him credit for it. His team played well, and, and we have a lot of respect for them. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's important how we played. And I thought we played well down the stretch to get the win there. All right, let's talk about the cold and the snow and the snowballs and the fans. How do you really find when teams come into your house, how they take in the weather, how they manage the cold, as opposed to your guys looking so in control in that moment? What do you really make of that? Well, it's, I think there's perspective on that too, Jamie, right? It's not like we're out in six inches of snow every, every day practicing here, um, but we do live here. And, uh, and so when you live here and you're in the elements every day, uh, coming and going um, from work to and from work, you get used to it a little bit. And, and I think there is a stigma of, of teams coming here and, and the, uh, <clears throat> the weather like it is this time of year in December and late December, early January, you never know what you're going to get. And our, our guys have learned to embrace that. Yeah, Coach, let's talk about you guys going into the playoffs right now. And you're obviously in control of your own destiny. You control the number one seed right now. And all of us in sports media, we sit at this table and we talk about how important it is to have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Is that the biggest thing? Does it mean that much? Or is it just like, hey, get in, we do what we're supposed to do, and we'll go to where we want to go? Yeah, I mean, you've been around it, Jason. I think, you know, number one is to get in. We've accomplished that. Our team's done a great job uh, with that as one of their goals all, all year. Um, and we've met that uh, milestone, so to speak. And now there's two or three more goals that we have on our radar. And, and one of those is is to win the division first and foremost. And we get a chance to do that, uh, an opportunity to do that this weekend um, against a good Chicago Bears football team. And then to your point, trying to capture home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of different ways to win a world championship. Uh, that's one of them. Um, it, it's it's not a be-all, end-all, but it is one of our goals for this season. And, and, uh, and we'll see where it goes as we move forward here. 
Coach, our team, too, is, is, is on a mission here at Good Morning Football that when you guys have that home playoff game, wherever it might be, we want to go there and we want to broadcast from Western New York. We want to do the show there. With that comes wings. Uh, it's, it's kind of a stock <laughs> Buffalo question. I was there 11 months ago on the day you guys played the Patriots in the playoffs. It was a really competitive game. And I ate that. I ate that sandwich, beef on whack, and I ate those wings at, at uh, Bar Bill North. Jason and Peter showed up over the weekend for the game against the Dolphins, and they smashed that at Gabriel's Gate. So, Coach, how do you I, – I, listen, I know you got the eight-pack going under the shirt and everything, and it's a little highly caloric for you, but when you indulge on a cheat day, uh, how do you like your wings? How do you take them? Give us some wing advice if we make the trip. No, I, I go to Barbell. That's my spot. It's, it's local to my house, and uh, that's my favorite spot to go to. My family, you know, we go there and um, – when we have guests in town or family in town, we'll usually get an order from from Barbell. And uh, look, this is a big time uh, wing town, right? Everyone everyone loves their wings. No one does it better than Buffalo in terms of in terms of wings. And uh, you got to have some when you come here. Okay, okay, we love it. That's a great advice. Is Coach, are you spicy? Are you ranch blue cheese? Like, Cajun? Give us a little bit of <laughs> Uh no, I'm hey, just just give me some wings and I'm good. I'll, I'll take them anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm just a big fan See, this of them. Is smart. He doesn't, he doesn't want to start, start a civil hey, war. Coach, coach, complimentary football and any kind of wings, all right? Just if he says the word ranch on the show, everyone goes right. No, no, he knows. Uh-huh. Just play it straight. But there's a ranch anything. army too. Every <laughs> phase so of the smart, game. Coach. We appreciate so you. We appreciate you, Coach. Good luck this week. Appreciate you guys. Ready? We'll be watching. Go Bells, Coach. Yes, sir. Bye, Coach. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. 
<laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my We've been talking a lot about Lombardis, talking a lot about December, January, even February football. No better guest to bring in on a Tuesday morning than a guy who's been there before. Scott Pioli is our NFL Network analyst. He's joining us. What up, Scott? Oh, Scott, what's up, man? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Let's start with one of the wildest endings we've ever seen in NFL football and the team that was on the other end of it. I, that would that happens once in a blue moon. It does not happen to Belichick coach teams. Patriots lost to the Raiders on a head scratching pick six that we saw from Jacoby Myers. That was picked off by Chandler Jones. No time left on the game clock, and you know Belichick. You worked <laughs> with him. He's known for these disciplined teams for game management. Scott, take us through everything. Not only how does that possibly happen, but also what is the reaction afterwards? Not just from Bill, but from anyone. In a franchise that's got so much success, like the Patriots, when you lose this way. Yeah, you know, Peter, I think to me one of the most interesting things was the fact that this happened not with one of their best players, but two of their players made the same mistake. And to me, that's what's so confusing about this. And so, I I don't know what the right word is, but I look at this play, and when you see Ramondre Stevenson... And, and Jacoby Myers making a mistake like this. It wasn't one mistake. It was a double down on a mistake. That's what really surprised me. And, you know, when I look at this, historically, the New England Patriots, and this is not taking anything away from Bill at all. Bill and the culture that has been built there and that has lasted for 20 plus years, a lot of that had to do not just with Bill's emphasis of things, but players always bought in. Players were the ones holding one another accountable, always reminding one another. Yes, Bill reminded players of things very often, every day, but the players were always reminding one another and holding one another accountable. And then to see two of your best players make the mistake, but not only make the mistake, make it on your own sideline. Truthfully, as I saw that first throwback, I'm thinking, this isn't happening. I was waiting for someone to come off the sidelines and actually tackle Jacoby Myers to make sure it didn't happen because there's so much accountability there. So to me, that was the surprising part in this whole thing. But as uh, you know, I've watched the Patriots this year and people are talking about how the discipline has changed and how they just look like a different football team. You know, you go back to this. This is only the fourth time since Bill has taken over the Patriots that the Patriots have been ranked at this point in the season in the bottom 10 of the NFL in terms of penalties. And it's the only the first time that the team has been ranked in the bottom 10 in terms of giving the ball away. Something is wrong. Bill is working on it, I guarantee you. And again, I'm still surprised. I, I, I'm not, I can't put it all into words as, as I watch this still now today. It is incredible, and you make a great point, Scott. I hadn't considered that. It happens directly in front of the Patriots bench and their entire coaching staff and all the players. You would think if nothing else, someone screams at them, get down. It's it's still an insane, insane thing that we all witness. Just like we're witnessing from Detroit. Um, No team since the playoffs expanded in 1990 Hmm. has started 1-6 and and made the playoffs. The Lions are really taking a run at it. Now that we're into it, Scott, it's time to get into the how. How are they doing it? And from your perspective, you speak from the front office – 
Who is someone that maybe we're not talking about, like Dan Campbell or Jared Goff, someone we're not talking about who is responsible for what we're seeing from the Lions? You know, Kyle, earlier I heard you all talking about the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, who I do believe and agree with is the best in the National Football League. One of the other best offensive lines is the Detroit Lions. And when you talk about offensive lines, a lot of people like to talk about the tackles. And yeah, Taylor Decker is playing well. Yeah, Panay Sewell is playing well. But to me, the guy that is making the difference for the Detroit Lions and their offensive line is center Frank Ragnow. And Ragnow was picked in the first round back in 2018. He was one of my absolute favorite players in that draft. Because he is smart, he's disciplined, he's tough. When you watch him in games, he is the guy who's IDing the defense. And I really believe that his intelligence and his ability to see things and point things out has really helped Jared Goff become a better player. It has helped Jared Goff become more comfortable. Rarely, if ever, do you see the pocket in passing situations seep and leak from the inside. And that's because of Frank Rag now. He can block defensive linemen one-on-one in the pass game. And then the other thing is when he's not covered up, he's cleaning out the pocket. Frank Rag now is a terrific player. The Lions made him the highest paid center in the National Football League this offseason. And I think if you pay attention and watch Lions football, you'll understand exactly why. Scott, the Lions beat the Jets this weekend. It was a game that we saw Zach Wilson, quarterback for New York, once again. Jets head coach Robert Sala discussed how people are too quick to criticize quarterbacks these days, specifically Zach Wilson. Take a listen. The frustrating thing is that, you know, this kid's going to be a good quarterback. Um, The the NFL and this this new instant coffee world that we're in just does not want to give people time. And... uh, and so we look at him and he is just nitpicked with it uh, and just with a fine tooth comb, everything that he does. What do you think about that? Robert Sala saying yeah. this instant coffee world we live in, we're being too quick to judge Zach Wilson. Your thoughts? Jamie, I understand what he's saying and I don't necessarily agree with his evaluation, but I understand what he's saying. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Robert Sala, his actions spoke louder than any words that the media could make. He benched Zach Wilson. He made sure Zach Wilson wasn't going to be on the field. But now that the public is ripping him, Robert Sala is being very smart. So again, as much as I understand it and agree with what he's doing, I don't necessarily believe or agree with the evaluation of the media. And what I'm saying is, he benched the quarterback. People are coming after the quarterback now. What he has to do is make sure that that relationship is tight. The best coaches that I've been around that sustain success, make sure that they criticize players in private with their teammates, but don't go publicly about it. And when the public goes after that player, that's when the coaches can form a closer bond with the player and give him confidence. And they need to stand up for him. And that's part of the job of the head coach, to publicly stand up for his players, let them know that he cares about them and he's got their back, that he's going to respect them, because that will all be reciprocal in the end. So again, even though I heard you all talking about it, and I agree 100%, you're in a market where the quarterback's going to get criticized. Quarterbacks get criticized in every market, but even more so in New York. So as much as I understand it, I don't disagree the criticism that he's getting right now in Zach Wilson. 
I'm 100% with you, Scott. That was one thing as a player I always appreciated. Coach telling you to say all the right things in the media, and then you go on social media and you see the coach saying something negative about you. It always sucked. And players now, mm. this time of the year, they're always saying the right thing in the media. Hey, it's one week at a time. We're not looking ahead. We're just focused at the task at hand, which is a little bit different from the front offices this time of year. December, you're having those draft meetings. How important is that for the front office to look ahead and get ready for the upcoming seasons? Jason, there's this thing happening in front offices and personnel departments right now that so many of the NFL world are not aware of. Teams are preparing for the playoffs. Teams are preparing weekly for games. But right now is one of the most important times in terms of draft preparation for front offices and scouting departments. Every team around the league in early December has what they call December draft meetings. And you bring every one of your scouts from across the country into the building and you start building out your primary draft board. Every scout that's been in an area, every regional scout that has been somewhere, you are getting the baseline of what the rankings are going to be for your team. The other thing that happens during these meetings, this is when the area scouts who have the most knowledge and information of the character and the makeup and the transgressions of players are presenting that information for the team and is getting memorialized in these meetings. And you're putting markers on players that when the coaches and when the head coach comes in for meetings starting in February or late January before the All-Star Games, you have your board set so the team can move forward. This is one of those moments in, in, in December where you're talking about just do your job, where the personnel department has all these other things to think about, but right now they have to start putting together their draft board to get ready for the April draft. It's amazing because we're doing the show and we're all in the playoffs and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the Senior Bowl is here also. And there's so many things that you've yeah. got to balance. And, Scott, uh, bowl season starting. And yeah. the fans at home might not know that a lot of the front office members of your favorite team that are playing in the playoffs are out at the bowl scouting talent yeah. for next year. That's it's right. a great point, Scott. Yeah, and I'll just add this one other thing is this is the time of year where it's only football that you're evaluating. So everything that you're doing in terms of ranking your board is based on games that were played, football being played, not necessarily a vertical jump or a 40 speed or a three cone drill. Those things have some value at some point in time. But right now is when you're evaluating football players on playing football. It's beautiful. We love it, Scott. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays yes. to you. Love that you joined us all year long. Best to you and your family. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you, man. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it, Scott. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Thanks so much. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Time to check out the Power Rankings by Dan Hansen's head of Week 16. Every week we do this with a theme. And earlier in the show, during commercial break, Jamie Erdahl said, can we have some Christmas music? And the two Scrooges over here said, nah. And I like Christmas. Yes. Let's do this with a theme of Christmas music. First, we get to the... War is over, Division. John and Yoko. They're, I think they have their hearts in the right place, but those two crazy kids, I can't stand that song. The Texans down at 32. See, you're the Grinch. That's a great one. We'll get to... You like that oh song, God, Peter? Oh, my God, Peter. Peter. <laughs> 31. Peter's, I like John Lennon's voice. You're great at running down the Fab Five rookies. I don't, I don't know about the Christmas songs at this point. You like War is over. 30 Cardinals, uh, 29 Bears. Let's move on, though, to John's old buddy... Wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney, a highly repetitive, highly annoying song that's always played in this in the uh, in the aisles at Walmart if you're there. <laughs> Carolina Panthers, these are some of the middling teams. Packers won last night. They're still alive. Patriots just sitting there like uh, after the strangest loss of all time. Let's move on, though, to You Make It Feel Like Christmas Time by Gwen Stefani and Blake mm. Shelton, friends of the show's Sweet Gingerbread Mid with Molasses. Upper left corner, charges at nine. Dolphins 10 off the L. Jaguars, let's go to fall. What? All the way up to 11. Wow. Ravens, Giants, Jets, Commanders, Raiders. And lastly, let's get to Last Christmas by Wham! Exclamation point. It is an all-time jam. Eagles, best team in the league, followed by those frisky Niners. If you say, Alexa, play Last Christmas by Wham, there's a voice that comes out that says, Hi, this is Andrew Ridgely. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. He's doing it. Incredible. Right. Ridgely, I love you. Uh, hands us, I love you. Get in here, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. Let's bring in the man behind the power, Dan Hanses. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Dan. How are you? Happy holidays. On my uh, my web service playing music, it's only Andrew Ridgely's face when you play that song. And it's like, uh, maybe we got to clean that ah. up a little bit. Got to get yeah. Michael in well, the mix. Well, listen, I feel for Ridgely a little bit. He's hanging in there after all these years. They got an exclamation yeah. point, exclamation point in the band's name. Um, <laughs> the Vikings completed the biggest comeback with an exclamation point in NFL history in Week 15. Minnesota continues to climb up uh, um, our toes this year. What am I reading? Is this? Res- tell us about the Vikings. Thank you. I, I can't. I can't. I don't, tell don't, us about the Vikings. Tell yeah. My goodness, it's so cute with the, with the copy. Toes. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me. Don't ask me, Kyle. I don't know what to do with the Vikings. It's almost like they must be aware <laughs> now that toes? we're talking about them. As are they a fraud? Are they a contender? Because they went out and did both things 
um, on Saturday. Terrible in the first half. Excellent in the second half. Do they have a, a, a real chance to win this thing? I guess I would tilt more toward, sorry, Jamie, the fraud category because I don't think you could. this act works against big-time competition come January. Uh, but they're 11-3, and three, so they can tell everybody to, you know, shove it. But they're a tough team. They dropped in the power rankings this week. What else can I say? You just covered yourself by calling them frauds and yep. telling them that they do have the ultimate defense and telling people that they could go shove it. And those were the words of Dan Hanzoos. Let's talk about the AFC. Let's shift over. <laughs> To the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, they all got wins in Week 15. Who's your favorite in the AFC right now and why? I got, Jamie, I got the Bills a tick ahead of the Bengals who are a tick ahead of the Chiefs. Obviously, this is an order that's extremely fluid. And I had the Bengals ahead of the Bills last week. And I don't know, there was just something about that game in the snow in Orchard Park. Uh, it was romantic, wasn't it? But it was also a good dress rehearsal for a Bills team that sometimes this season, not everything has gone their way, whether it's injuries or some inconsistencies on their offense. And this feels like a team that really since July has been ticketed for the AFC Championship game. And that's tough. I mean, that's just those expectations. So it felt like getting this game against the Dolphins to be down eight points in the fourth quarter uh, to step up and win that game. This just t- seems like a team with a quarterback, Kyle's buddy, that's just not going to be denied this year. And that's why I think they're coming out of the AFC right now. That's how I feel. It's it. They've been awesome. Uh, speaking of the AFC, Dan, when the schedule comes out, we do a whole schedule release show here on Good Morning Football. We treat it like mm. it is Christmas. And in a lot of ways it is because we're so excited to see the gifts under the, the tree. And I remember saying, they didn't give Amazon such a gift. Uh, December 22nd, week 16, Jets Jaguars. Wow. Here you go, Mr. Bezos. Um, sure enough, <laughs> here we are. And it's one of the biggest games of the week. Give us a little Jets Jaguars playoff in if you win vibe here i mean dan i'm amazed jets jaguars not only does it matter it's huge what do you got yeah it is huge and peter it feels like the jags like stole the jets identity as the feel-good story that kind of came out of nowhere and are making their move in the in the power rankings they're all the way up to number 11 the jets got as high as i believe eight or nine this year now they're down to 14 and yeah it is a, a must-win game uh for the jets obviously and the jaguars i mean i don't know i know they're still behind the standings but to me they feel like the favorite to win the afc south now they feel like a freight train and I think as, as a Jets fan and every Jets fan is worried about this game because Zach Wilson most likely starting and with Trevor Lawrence right there playing like a superstar all of a sudden, all you're thinking to yourself is, man, if we just went one and 15 instead of two and 14 two years ago, we have this roster with Trevor Lawrence. I'm not I'm not going to be negative, though. It, it is crazy. They beat the Rams, the Jets though. Get a gift. Right. Uh, don't bring it up. But maybe the Jets fans get a gift and we get another week of relevance. Oh, boy. It sets up. Maybe you will. Dan, you're the best. Uh, Maybe I just want to fly. I want to live. I want to die. Be sure to check out NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday on NFL.com. Dan, you and I, we're going to live forever. See you next week. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. 
Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Did you catch season three of This is Digital? Season three of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on season three of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Turns out, a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit mrsmyers.com today.